Welcome, friends. This is Historical AF. I'm Kina, and I am your host of this incredible, wonderful, lovely, nerdy AF episode, where my special guests are going to be people from my Patreon family. I'm so excited. Some of my favorite humans on the planet, and they are going to come on and talk about their favorite cryptids or mythological creatures, and if you wrote in, because you know, work schedules. And some people are just not a fan of the camera. And you know what? That is okay. First up is Emily from History and Shit. Woo! Hi! Hi! Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. This is exciting. Uh, I'm so excited. I've been wanting to get you guys on the podcast for a while, but I just suck. So you're here to tell me a story, and I'm really excited to hear it. I am. So full disclosure, I'm kind of skirting a line talking about skinwalkers but i went for it anyway because i see so many even some of my favorite shows where they just kind of appropriate the legend and make it into whatever they want yeah to fit the story these are cryptids that come from a very sacred part of indigenous american culture oh i'm so glad you're gonna talk about it in this way that makes my heart so happy So I got really interested in skinwalkers because I've always been like a big werewolf geek. And that's where a lot of the lore, well, depending on who who you talk to, a lot of the lore about American werewolves start with skinwalkers. The cryptic comes most prominently from Navajo tribal stories, but it encompasses the southwestern U.S. So you also have, you see this legend pop up with the Pueblo people, Apache, Hopi and Ute tribes, they all have slightly different variations on what a skinwalker is, but it starts with the basis that this is a witch. And it's a very important distinction that this is a human, but they tap into these places of power and use that power for their nefarious purposes. They're the antithesis of the indigenous cultures. Oh, okay. That's really interesting. So everything they do goes against because these places of power and tapping into powers are large part of a lot of indigenous cultures, but it can go in the way that they use it in their sacred ceremonies and so forth and medicine men and whatever. And a skinwalker takes that in the complete opposite direction. There is a very specific name that the Navajo have for these types of witches. I'm not going to try to pronounce it. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I will I will send you some show notes and it'll be there. But the translation basically means with it he goes on all fours. Oh, okay. Skinwalkers can possess animals or other people and they have the ability to do mind control. Oh. Depending on from tribe to tribal lore, they can possess a human by locking eyes with them and then getting into their mind. They can also just use those powers to control animals or people to do their biddings without having to actually possess them. One of the more commonly known lores surrounding skinwalkers is that they actually use the skins and pelts of people and animals to transform. That's where you get the skinwalker name it's said that if they add horns or antlers to the ensemble it makes them even more powerful they typically transform into more predatory creatures like 
wolves, coyotes, foxes, etc. Technically, they can transform into whatever they want to. This is so interesting. I'm realizing how little I actually know about skinwalkers. This is so cool. Yeah, it's a closely like exact details of what the legends are, are closely guarded within the communities. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, it goes back to the whole people get a hold of it and then change it up for what they want. There was, what was the source? Legends of America that was saying because of this, the transforming into predatory animals that culturally wearing the pelts of predatory animals is a no-no. Oh, okay. They have pretty natural abilities, not only in terms of their physical abilities, but also things like we mentioned mind control and slash possession, mind reading, causing diseases, illness, death. There was one source that said they could cause famine. Oh my gosh. That's very powerful. Those are the Mm -hmm. things that they hold the most dear. And as they get older, they get more powerful. Mm. Typically, the skinwalker leader would be an old man that had just gained and amassed all this power. Oh, okay. So, like mm. a leader, kind of like a pack? So, like a predatory? Yeah. Okay. One way to spot a skinwalker is if they are an animal, they're going to have very human-like eyes. And if they're human, they're animal. They're animals their eyes are going to be more animal like when a light is shined on them whether it's animal form or human form the eyes will flash red oh and that's like pretty much your only clue well that's unfortunate because if you're not you're very unobservant like i am Uh (laughs) no chance yeah that's why i think in a lot of modern sightings of these people are like it was an animal in the road and it ran off but it's actually a skinwalker because its eyes flash red because most animals' eyes flash red in the dark. Mm-hmm. They are said to be cannibalistic and they will fuck your mind over to lure you to them. <sighs> they will all roads lead to cannibalism. It's so true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we haven't mentioned cannibals in a while, so thank you. <laughs> uh-huh. They'll hang outside of your house and they'll make strange noises. So you have to go and check like banging on doors and windows and scraping gets the roof. Or they'll pop out in the middle of the road. So you have to stop for them. Okay. That's terrifying. (laughs) Oh, so scary. In the modern sightings, however, maybe this will make you feel a little bit better for modern sightings. (laughs) (laughs) They're more tricksters than they are going to fuck your shit up and eat you. Okay. They're spotted mostly in Arizona, Utah, Colorado, and New Mexico. They're especially where right around where the four corners meet, mm-hmm. which is one of the reasons I was looking in this because I'm in Utah. And in Utah, we have Skinwalker Ranch, which became popular in the 90s as just this hub of supernatural and weird stuff. I want to say it's Stanford Ranch. I have it written down. Okay, that's the 80s where Skinwalker Ranch. Oh, it's in the top, duh. <laughs> Sherman Ranch. My bad. Oh, so okay. It's actually Sherman Ranch, but it's referred to as Skinwalker Ranch or UFO Ranch. Oh, okay. There's, There's like a, a documentary on Hulu or something. Yeah, I haven't personally watched it. That's something you hear about growing up in Utah. Oh, yeah. 
I'm sure. Oh, no. <coughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Whenever it's like a local lore. Yeah. In that area around Skinwalker Ranch, it said that somebody in that area pissed off the Navajos and the Navajos cursed that land. They probably deserved it, honestly. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. In the Skinwalker lore, I thought it was really interesting where a lot of people were talking about when the natives were marched out of their lands in this area mm-hmm. and how many of them turned to being skinwalkers. During, well, I'm sure like yeah. that drive of feeling revenge and the hatred yeah. it probably goes against what they typically believed in their culture, which yeah, mm-hmm. would be. Yeah. Oh, and also survival because it's easier to survive as an animal than it is to survive as a human going through those strenuous conditions. Oh, for sure. So you mix that survival, that need for survival, the need to protect your family with the mental anguish and trauma Mm -hmm. of these marches and being kicked out of your territories in the back and fight forth fighting. It, It makes sense. And then once they, got into skinwalker life even when they were settled and like some of them are able to return to their own lands Mm -hmm. once it's in you it's in you modern sightings where they've coming up people will say that they saw an animal running through the night alongside of their vehicle and either the animal will just veer off and go do its own thing or it will turn into a man and start banging on the hood of their cars. Oh. Very creepy. <laughs> Especially if it's like a bear. You have a bear running alongside your car and then it like turns into a person and is like, let me in. I swear I'm not a bear anymore. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Don't worry, Don't about, worry it. about that. I'll just do, you know, eat you with my normal human teeth. We're good. Because I'm a cannibal. Is it a, is it cannibalistic if you are the animal at the time you meet the people because you're still a person but then you're an animal? I had that same thought. <laughs> okay, good because I was like, does this make it sense? <laughs> oh. Well, my mind went to Game of Thrones and I cannot remember the character and I don't know that they did it in the show if it was just in the books where there's a character that can do that and put his mind into other beings. Oh yeah, 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 the the yeah. Raven. Uh, yeah, right? yeah. There was another one, and he would he put himself into a wolf a lot. He liked being a wolf. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Bran could do that, couldn't he? I think. Yeah. So yeah. It, it, they were the same abilities. Oh, okay. Yeah, because he became the dire wolf. Okay. I got you. Yeah. I remember that. There's a that whole thing about oh, if you're in the shape of an animal, you don't eat human flesh because that's evil. <laughs> So I'm like, does it still count as cannibalism? Is it based on your physicality or your soul? Yeah, that's a good question. If anybody knows the answer to this (laughs) philosophical quandary we have, (laughs) let us know. Other people have reported seeing an animal running through the night and then it turns into a fiery ball and disappears. That's one of those things where I'm like, this is white cultural fuck upage of the legend because they don't turn into fire they're on um, more shapeshifter into like, yeah organic I was forms. To, yes organic forms 
That's what I was going for. It actually sounds more, the whole turning into a ball of fire sounds more like a lot of different Japanese cryptids and lore there. Mm -hmm. To me, anyway. I don't know. They say they're Wendigos, though, and I'm like, I don't think, I don't think you know what that is. Or not Wendigos, <laughs> Pinwalkers. One of the most notable sightings was in 1980. This family was driving through a Navajo territory, and they were turning this corner, and this thing jumped out of them from a ditch. It was described as black, hairy, wearing a shirt and pants. Oh. And after they got back to their home in Flagstaff, Arizona, a couple nights later, they were woken up to the sound of drums banging and chanting. Oh, and that's they, they went outside and saw three man-like shadowy figures like lurking beyond their fence line. But they said that it seemed like they couldn't cross the fence. If those were Wendigos, that family got off very, very easily. Oh, yeah. I wonder why they couldn't cross the fence. Yeah, because that's never in the lore. Like, they can do whatever they want, basically. Yeah, that seems like it's kind of meshing with the the vampire lore, so if they can't cross your threshold or something. Yeah. I'm more of the opinion that it's probably just, like, this guy and his buddies going out to screw with them, being like, I was thirsty, and you didn't give me snacks when I jumped out at you from a ditch, so now we're going to (laughs) look outside your home and make you scared. Skinwalkers and Wendigos, which I slipped up and said earlier, are often used intermixed, but they are not the same creature at all. Okay. My my soapbox for the day. I hate it when they do that. I'm like, this is why indigenous people don't want white people putting their dirty mitts on their legends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's understandable because also their legends are sacred and. Yeah. You said it perfectly. Just the appropriation of their legends to make a good story for us is really shitty. So I did have just a couple of things to say about Wendigos and the distinction. Okay, cool. Because Wendigos are also very, very fascinating creatures and cannibalism again. (laughs) (laughs) Going hard with cannibalism today. (laughs) (laughs) They are found in... The northeastern U.S. and Canada, they're, they're around, like, the Great Lakes area and stuff is where you see the legends of them. They are, instead of being a human who takes a dark path and goes down that road, they are malevolent spirits that possess people. Oh, okay. Skinwalkers are, if you do have an encounter with them, it's not going to go the way you want it to. Mm-hmm. You can't kill a skinwalker. You can't really hurt it. They have to be defeated by a shaman who knows the right rituals. Okay. That's it. That's all I've got. <laughs> oh, no, that was so good. Thank you for sharing that. I Like mm-hmm. I said, I've, I've heard stories and I, you know, of course, if you watch shows like Supernatural or whatever, they always yeah. have some version. But, you know, yeah. you can, all of those legends you got to take with a grain of salt when they make it into a TV show, but it's interesting because I think a lot of people wouldn't realize there is a difference between the two. Yeah. Supernatural is one of those. I, that is my favorite television show, Mm -hmm. but they took on both Wendigos and they took a lot of the skinwalker lore for their shapeshifter. Mm -hmm. 
And they pissed me off on both of those. I'm like, you didn't even do it right. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, that's me with like every historical show. <laughs> like, why? How hard is it to get a fact checker? <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I do that all the time. And my husband goes, Emily ruins everything. Like Adam ruins everything. <laughs> Yeah, I can relate. <laughs> Ziggy just shakes his head. I'm like, okay. All right. Is this the hill you're going to die on? I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes, I will. <sighs> well, thank you so much for joining me. And I am just really excited that you told me the story. Tell everybody how to find your podcast. So we actually, we have a couple of different podcasts and shows that are all part of history and shit. We're on Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook, and TikTok, and Pinterest, at History and Shit. Our Instagram handle is history underscore and underscore shit. Our Inappropriate History podcast is on Podbean. Thursday nights, we do Murder in the Moonlight Lives, and you can find those on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And the good news is all of our social medias, they have the link tree in the bio. Oh, yeah, that makes everything so simple. It does. Thank you, Emily, for joining us. And welcome, Robin. Hi, Emily. It was really nice to listen to you talk about those who shall not be named. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. So, So, Robin, what are you going to tell us about today? This is this is our favorite cryptid. The one, the only jackalope. Oh, I'm so excited. So jackalope, as you can see, it is one beautiful little rabbit with antlers. <laughs> Couldn't think of the words. <laughs> horns. They're not horns though. They're antlers. If you're not watching this on Patreon, the, the hand antlers were fantastic. <laughs> antlers. <laughs> with antlers. If you're not on Patreon and you can't see, I do have a jackalope skull in my hands. They're very, very difficult to come by. And it's because, you know, their skulls very, very fragile. They disintegrate very easily. And they're difficult to find jackalopes because they are very, very, very rare. So I was lucky enough to be gifted one by the husband for Christmas. Oh. So jackalopes. Go back in recorded history in 13th century Persia. There is a recorded picture of one that is, it's a single horned hair that looks similar to a unicorn. So they are in recorded history back in 13th century Persian writings. That's really old. I wouldn't have thought that. That's so cool. So so we know there's been horned rabbits for at least a thousand years, roughly. So pretty old. Early scientific works described and illustrated the hybrids as though they were real creatures. But around the end of the 18th century, scientists kind of rejected the idea of horned hares as biological creatures. Womp womp. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of crabby. Um, <laughs> Damn you, science. <laughs> so there's horned hares in Asian and African legends, Central American, European, and North American. Um, oh, cool. I haven't found any, and I didn't search that hard, in Pacific Islander and Australian, but part of it is rabbits were an invasive species in through the Pacific Islands and Australia. So I'm assuming they probably wouldn't have been because rabbits were brought in. They're not native down there. Mm, okay. But like in Central America, 
rabbits are found in uh, Wichicol legends where uh, the horned rabbits, but they're not a hybrid. They're paired with deer and they're more like twins hmm. and that they're twin day signs. And then I didn't find a whole ton about them in the Asian and African legends. That's just my ignorance. I just didn't dive because I didn't do it. But in Europe, particularly in Bavaria, the horned hair is a Wolpertinger. And they also have wings and fangs. Ooh. Not just like the normal rabbit teeth. And they're more dangerous. They're, they're not like here in North America, the jackalope is predominantly in the northern plains, like Wyoming, Montana, the Dakotas, a little bit in like Nebraska and Kansas. And they're just out on the plains kind of kind of solitary, maybe two or three at a time. But in Bavaria, they're very, very solitary and they're kind of nasty, grumpy little critters. They'll kind of attack people. So in the U.S., in the 1930s, Douglas Herrick, who is from Wyoming, he had grafted deer antlers onto a jackrabbit up in Douglas, Wyoming and sold the, the mount to a hotel and they got really popular and started being sold all over in South Dakota, uh, Wyoming, then through Nebraska and such. And actually the Wyoming state legislature has considered making the jackalope the state's official mythological creature. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah. But the yeah, but the jackalope is actually based on a real creature that is an actual rabbit with a, a thing called Shope papillomavirus, which oh. causes antlered-like horn-type things to grow on. They're like tumors, and it causes almost like horns to grow on on their necks and their heads. And it was first seen by this guy, the last, his last name is Shope. And he was the one that kind of, oh, hey, I'm going to name this after me because, you know, why the hell not? That's what you do in the science. Exactly. So even though people had been seeing it for hundreds of years and, and there are Native American terms for it and they had called it all sorts of things before, they had legends about it and all sorts of stuff, he decided, oh, this is, you know, this is what I'm going to call it. This is what they are now. This is what it looks like. Oh, oh, oh. So it, okay. it does look like actual what? horns. Oh, that poor baby. Antlers. Hmm. Well, this is really interesting because also with the cryptid, like say the chupacabra, the most scientific explanation of that is that it's a dog with mange. So for it to be, you know, <laughs> this be explanation scientific to another thing, that's, oh, wow. Yeah, so. Well, that's interesting. Yes, yeah, so there's a little bit about, you know, my favorite cryptid. I have a tattoo of a, a little jackalope on my ankle. Oh, cute. <laughs> yeah. I went to a live podcast. It was Wine and Crime in Austin. And anywhere I go, I just make friends with everybody so that I have friends. And uh, I made friends with this girl. And she was showing me. She had this beautiful sleeve of a jackalope. And she was like, fun story. When I moved to Texas, everybody told me this was a real animal. And I got the tattoo. And then I figured out that it wasn't real. <laughs> 
but I was like, it's a gorgeous tattoo. Like, I kind of want one. Hey, guys. <laughs> and Hi. our mini fan in the background Yay. as well. Hooray. It's the mini you. <laughs> oh. oh, this is so fun. Yay. Patreon. Okay, so, uh, Robin, are you done? I'm so sorry to barge in. Yeah, no, 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 no. Barge in. Do you have questions about the beautiful jackalope? I No, but that makes a lot of sense. And the, damn, jackalopes are cute. And I love your tattoo. <laughs> so, funny enough, there's a type of two... I, I really don't have a game plan for any of this. I just kind of... I'm just going off the cuff here. Going off of several energy drinks. <laughs> Let's Love it. just roll with it, everybody. Yes. Uh, with me here. Raise one for the dragon. And okay, we got the two distinctions. We got the Asian dragon and we got the European dragon. We got the Asian one that was more serpentine with the idea that it was a more benevolent creature, like very wise and, you know, symbol kind of scary a little bit but you know it's like falco or what is it falcor from falcor. yeah yeah never ending story mm-hmm. i was gonna say shang chi but is that a spoiler <laughs> i yeah i was gonna say shang chi but uh, i think it's been that. out long enough and <laughs> i think most of us have at least heard hey guess well, what there's a dragon in it i think the new trailer and, has the dragon doesn't it i th- I think it did. I think it did. Sorry. Yeah. If it didn't. <laughs> I loved Folks. it. I loved, I loved, love, love, love all the ancient Asian lore that they put into that movie. It was really cool. And just Aquafina. And then you got the European. The European dragon is kind of the, the common dragon idea that at least what everybody kind of thinks of when they think of dragon the wings the fire breathing game of thrones-esque <laughs> dragon so the idea of the dragon is more based off of serpentine or like i guess serpents and just our understanding that they're evil little fuckers <laughs> and that they should all rot in hell um and hey what would be terrible a snake with wings that breathes fire i mean legs yeah that's nightmare fuel to say the least and that is probably a nightmare i've had and that's kind of what the christian ideology in that time really portrayed the dragon as a symbol for sin and evil incarnate you know you're gonna burn from this dragon if you sin and they portray oh the chaste hero conquering sin you can go to heaven. Oh, wonderful. The connector between the two countries, pretty much, is serpent. And, you know, we got the air dragons, sea dragons, water, uh, I almost said water dragons. I guess that could count. Now I'm just thinking of Pokemon uh, with <laughs> it. You know, Dragonite and Dragonair. I'm pretty um, sure there are actually water dragons, though. Yeah, there probably is. I just can't remember the names of them. Yeah, I, I can't either for the life of me. Pretty much from what I've gathered in my quick little research on this, they really don't know, like historians nowadays don't know the uh, kind of the origin 
like the true origin of the dragon. Like, where did this come from? They can speculate that it's, you know, a symbolic thing, or people just mistook what a lizard looked like or something and just blew it out of proportion. And then somebody's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to write that down. I'm going to steal that. I, that's kind of all I really wanted to talk about was just how cool <laughs> dragons are. And like I said, I was going to ramble for a few minutes. No, I love the, that. I, water dra- the water dragon thing, though. Um, sea dragons, uh, like krakens, or not krakens, um, sea serpents. Yeah, yeah, that's oh, what I was yeah. thinking of. I got sea serpents. <laughs> and oh, yeah, all again, the old like, maps. Yeah. Yep. Old timey maps and just sailor lore and oh I saw this and it's probably a whale or even probably a piece of kelp. Yeah, it's <laughs> like penis. oh demonic. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's whale penises. Yeah. Well penises. Yeah, I was about to say the same thing. One and done whale penis. <laughs> it's a kraken. Nope. <laughs> oh god. I, I saw a thing and it was talking about how T-Rex little bitty arms are very similar to what an ostrich's wings look like, bone structure. Mm-hmm. So now I can't get out of my head that T-Rexes are just like dragons <laughs> with their little <laughs> ostrich wings. <laughs> Although, I mean, they're so dense, like T-Rexes just from like their bones. I don't think the, that kind of wings, they couldn't have been flight birds. So mm-hmm. she's like a little... <laughs> really uh, aggressive ostrich. Uh, ostriches are already aggressive. So I don't yeah. <laughs> I I think a really aggressive ostrich would be Oh, I took <laughs> my mom and my sister and my aunt came and visited for Christmas and since COVID surging we did everything that you could stay in your car. So we went through a drive through safari and they have ostriches that are so used to just sticking their head in and stealing your food and my mom was like, roll out the window, roll out the window. <laughs> very funny but they would block the road and just be like feed me i'm not letting you pass like you shall not pass it was it was real fun they're very uh my mother-in-law we did it with them too in the spring and she was like here and put her hand out and it was just biting her fingers like it had food but it was just out of taste for flesh (laughs) yeah it's like i don't want that i don't want you well it's like with ostriches and emus i mean we've talked about the emu wars right Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. they're so they're interesting creatures but yeah they're very scary they're emus with the red eyes they're very <laughs> they look evil and then there's the cassowary <gasps> oh yeah <laughs> no <laughs> but yeah i love dragons you got like the lord yes. you got the tolkien tolkien uh mm-hmm. dragon that like hoards gold and caves mm. and you got smoke. Yeah, I mean, like Asian lore, you have the Chinese zodiac where mm. the drag year of the dragon. My mom is a dragon. I'm a dragon. Oh, cool. I'm a that rat. That makes so much sense. <laughs> what? That I'm a dragon? Yes. Oh, wait. No, my dad was a dragon. My mom's a monkey. Yeah, that's what it is. I'm a rat. Mm. It's exciting. Oh, my. I want to know now. Water dragon, by the way, in Asian lore, is Panlong. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is the year of the tiger. What year were you born, Jolly J? Uh, 94. Oh, my goodness. 
<laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I always forget that I'm a decade older than you're a dog. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Because I'm loyal and everything. Yeah, that makes sense. It is. Yep. <sighs> Jay, you were born the year I graduated high school. Uh, and yet i'm not the youngest one in the discord and on the patreon so i got some more stories that people sent in (laughs) yes yes thanks guys this is when i come up and everybody gets all depressed no it's Um, fine yeah usual (laughs) so uh, i got two more that were written in one's my mom because she refuses to come on camera Bless her. I, yes, I don't yes, believe Lord. she exists. I haven't seen her, therefore, doesn't exist. She's a cryptid. She's a cryptid. She's a cryptid in her own right. I tried to get her on when she was here, and she's like, no. And then every time I got my computer out, like her and my aunt were like, are you trying to podcast right now? <laughs> Woman, no. Stop it. Okay, so I think I mentioned at some point that my mom had a Bigfoot uh, story. So she wrote it in because I butchered it, apparently. So here we go. She says, here, or okay, here it goes. I've always been intrigued by the Bigfoot legend. I grew up in flipping Arkansas. <laughs> yes. Yes, you guys are about flipping. <laughs> I posted a thing of all the, the town signs on flipping, and I was like, I true hand to God, I did not know it was funny until I moved out of North Central Arkansas and I got to Little Rock and I was at a comedy club. And the guy was making fun of Arkansas names. So when he said flipping, everybody was just cackling. And I was like, why is that funny? Why is that funny? I was like, oh, it is funny. <laughs> just... And then the, I posted it on the Speakeasy Facebook group. You're not in it. You should be. And everybody from back home was like, yeah, I didn't get it either. <laughs> just all of us were like, how long did it take for us to realize that flipping is funny? They have a moment to flip in high school, flip in Baptist church with the flipping police. <laughs> and it's just so stupid. But... Oh, it's good times. I think it was on Ellen or something at some point, too. People make fun of us a lot. But there's also, she was born in Yellville. <laughs> oh, God. I love Arkansas. But we also have Wiener, Toad Suck, Possum Grape. Uh, we have some other good ones in Arkansas. So We have a Discord for Patreon, and everybody was sharing really funny town names the other day, and it was cracking me up. So, all right. Anyway, distracted. I grew up in Flippin', Arkansas, and there were stories of sightings in the woods around the county. The most memorable story was from one of my neighbors. He had driven home on a dirt road that was a shortcut from the next town over in Flippin'. He claimed that he was driving and a large man-shaped creature came out of the woods. It ran beside his car, reaching for the doorknob. When he sped up, it ran faster. After about a mile, it turned and ran back into the woods. This was about 9 p.m. in the summer. A lot of our neighbors came to his house where he talked about what happened. I just remembered he was pale. He was sweating. He was shaking. And every time he talked, he looked terrified. I used to drive that road hoping to see it, but I never did. Okay, mom. I love that most people would be like, oh, I hope I never see it. But she's like, no, I actively went and searched for the Bigfoot. (laughs) I love you, mom. That's a good story. (laughs) My mom's always loved the, the creepy stories and the horror movies and the scary books. And so I could see that. And then the next... And the last comes from Nicholas. Yay! Is Whoa. it about his poop monster again? I don't think so. <gasps> no. Okay. So Nicholas is working nights now. So he has. Uh, fun. He's also about to take his embalming test. 
So that's fun. Good luck. That's so exciting. I, you know, I I don't say it enough, but props to him for all the all the stuff he does. I right? don't have the energy for does. that. He's an interesting human. I actually got to meet him in person. It's the first one of y'all that I've met in person that I didn't I, know you... before the podcast. So it was very exciting. <laughs> I know. I'm so sad I had to miss you when you were here. Oh, I, I think know. we literally like we're like almost like behind each other on the highway. Probably, yeah. I, Which like, is <laughs> you were going up to Estes and I was on my way up to Cheyenne. I think yeah. we were like on the highway together. Yes, yeah. Well, it's probably a good thing because I did get exposed to COVID on that trip. So I'm glad we didn't see anybody else. But one of these days I will meet all of you. It'll be amazing. <laughs> yeah, but I was such a dork. I was here. just like, let me show you all the things. And I was just overstimulated. <laughs> so <laughs> he says I was not scary, but I felt like I was kind of down really strong. <laughs> But yeah, you got to see my museum. That's really cool. All right. So he says, my blurb, since he can't record or call in. All right. So the Kelpie, also known in Ireland and Scotland as water horses. Oh, yay. <gasps> Kelpies are known to be fearsome beasties. They favor seashores and rivers and present as either flowing white horses or glistening black steeds that tempt children and obviously moronic adults onto its back. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Once there, it tangles them in its hair and drags them to its watery lair where it devours them. Honestly, Mm. don't (laughs) trust. Honestly, don't trust wet ass horses. They probably (laughs) want you to renew their car's extended warranty too. (laughs) (laughs) How do you deal with dastardly kelpies? Easy. You need a pure silver bridle and a gold coin. Legend goes that if you can slip the rope over its head and get the coin in its mouth, you have yourself a horse that will never tire and probably shit on you every chance it gets. Anyhow, them's the kelpies. Isn't that what's in Frozen? The or the 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 sequel is that a kelpie? She has that water horse that tries to drown her, and then she freezes it, and then it's like, oh, now we're best friends. Could Am I the only one remembering this? I, <laughs> I, I never it. saw it. <laughs> okay, well, I think that's what it was, because then they're like besties, and it she rides it all over the place. Okay, he has another one: red caps, also known as red combs, dunties or poweries are also wicked wee beasties that inhabit the rugged landscape of Anglo-Scotland. Taking refuge in the abandoned castles, they prey on the wicked and evil members of society to satisfy their wrathful bloodlust. Nice! The name Redcap originates in folktales where men and goblins live together and the malevolent Redcaps would fight in wars and dip their caps in the blood of the fallen. After the breaking of the covenant, all fairy creatures became enemies of mankind. These pokey goblins started by tricking thieves and robbers by their camps by lighting inviting fires and leaving hot stew out for eating. Oh, they're luring you with fire and food. I would be like, hell yeah, I'm cold and there's food. And then I would die. (laughs) Any who would partake would be set upon by the red cap. He would ask to join them and if denied, murder them. And (laughs) it's very long. (laughs) And leave their bonny caps soaked with dripping with blood. Many a Scottish rogue that fought abroad in France wore bright red caps to keep the legend alive. Ooh. And then one more. Last one. The Goatman of Lake Worth. Oh, ooh. I didn't know that. In simpler times, long before the modern day, there is said to be a wealthy farmer that fell in love with the witch of Lake Worth in Texas. I was assuming it's probably by Fort Worth. 
However, his riches attracted the eye of a young milkmaid as well. He dallied on with the young lass for some time, thinking his love of the lake was unaware. However, she knew, and having her heart broken, she concocted a powerful spell, tricking the maid into drinking it, filling her pretty young head with ideas of love spells. She whispered a few incantations, and kabam! She turned into a goat. <laughs> oh, I love it, of all the things. And then she bewitched the farmer... <laughs> With a lusty spell, which somewhat backfired as he became very amorous of the new goat and proceeded to dot, 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 you get the idea. Insert retching noises here. <laughs> Not- <laughs> took a yeah, turn. I'll do it. I took a turn. Not satisfied with her revenge, she cursed the goat maid to give birth to a half-man, half-goat offspring that would live 150 years. The farmer, upon seeing his progeny born, threw himself into the lake and drowned. The infamous Goatman was seen frequently in the 1960s along Hollow Bottom Road and the late Shwerk chasing off horny <laughs> chasing off horny teenagers lest they suffer his fate. <laughs> We're like, no, kids. No. <laughs> oh, for decades, he has been spotted or heard bleeding and sc- bleating and screaming his horrid half-man, half-goat voice into the night. <laughs> Help! Mom! Oh, yes. In the comments, Dion just said he took Columbus's dating advice because, you know, (laughs) Columbus tried to, like, sex up some manatees. (laughs) Jesus. Ah! Oh, God, that was Uh good. Thank Uh you, Nick. And then I also remembered I have one more from Allison. Yay. We got Allison's story. See, I can also talk about Selkies, too. Oh yeah. I've so never heard of the the that goat one. I've heard of the, the goat man yeah, bridge. Yeah, like, I was gonna say, yeah, Goatman Bridge. Yeah, that's really cool. I've never heard of that. So if you're Patreon, you've probably heard this because we read it with the extra AF that I never uh edited. <laughs> so if we're gonna do it again with all the ones we read and just reread them. So anyway, this is from Allison in Australia. Says, hey, friends, since Kina spoke about the Loch Ness Monster in the May Extra AF, I thought I would tell you about Australia's own cryptid, the Yowie. So the Yowie is described as quite similar to Bigfoot. They are ape-like and hairy, usually dark brown or red brown. They are said to be between 6 and 12 feet tall and have wide, flat noses, abnormally long arms, arms, Arms. (laughs) and very large feet. (laughs) They're said to be extremely strong based on eyewitness accounts. My sister used to call me a Bigfoot all the time. And I remember I was really like younger and like, I have to have big feet or it'd fall over. (laughs) Oh God. That's sound logic. (laughs) Yeah. I always tried to use logic. It always backfired, but I think one time she said something. And then she's like, you are one of a million. And I thought she said, you're one in a million. And I was like, that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. And then I was like, oh, no. It was never nice. We have an eight-year age difference. So when she was a teenager, I was like eight. It, it was a disaster. <laughs> now we're best friends. But before that, there was, there was some stress. She's too witty for me. <laughs> she just, uh, that Gen X stuff, you know? The, the angsty Gen X are in her. All yeah, right. Well, then... then- <laughs> Then us Gen Xers grow up and, well, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have no hope. <laughs> We've just lost it all. We're done. Oh. Still working us. 
So according to Australian Yowie Project, Yowies live in family units which have their own territory and will always live near fresh water. They also state the Yowies are omnivores but particularly enjoy fruit, and I find that really adorable. The project have a few questionable facts, in quotes, about Yowies also. For example, they claim that Yowies can run up to 70 mile or nope, kilometers an hour. <laughs> Sorry, like this is Australia, not here. Which I would dispute because that's about the speed cheetahs run. And I'm not sure a biped could even run that fast, which, you know, that's a real fair point. That's really fast. 35 oh. or 70 kilometers an hour. That's like 35 miles. Yeah. That's like, I think a, a, for short sprints, I could, I could see a biped running that fast. Maybe. I mean, they have a long stride too. So yeah. Maybe. It, yeah. If, if they're, you know, 12 foot tall. They also say that they spend most of their time in trees, but again, I'm not sure about a family of seven foot creatures all hanging out in trees, but again, that's my opinion and I am no expert. (laughs) Uh, It'd have to be a big tree to have a whole family unit up there. Yeah. There are hundreds of Yowie sightings reported in Australia every year. Even members of the military have admitted to seeing them during military exercises in the bush. In most sightings, people report the creatures as not being aggressive, just staring at them and running away. However, I did come across a few reports of them throwing stones and roaring at people. <laughs> most notably, a story about a Yowie researcher being attacked whilst in his car, leaving him with multiple cuts and bruises. And his car bodywork was pretty much ruined. I No, not a fan of that one. I mean, the throwing rocks is pretty funny, but... Well, but I mean, if if they're throwing rocks and stones and you're not leaving, that's I, true. It, but like some primates do that, like get out of my exactly, territory. Exactly. If if they're feeling threatened and you don't leave, and they're continuing to feel threatened, you're being aggressive towards them. They're going to have to defend themselves. That's true. I'm pretty much team cryptid on almost all these stories. Like, uh, yeah, exactly. This is your fault. <laughs> yeah. So the Yowie has its roots in the Aboriginal oral history and has different Aboriginal names depending on which part of the country you're in. Side note, because I don't expect people from other countries to have a great knowledge of the Aboriginal culture and history, before the white man came and messed things up, there were hundreds of Aboriginal tribes spread across Australia and they spoke more than 250 languages, most of which have not been lost to colonization, which explains the number of different names for Yowies. That's so sad. God damn it. (laughs) Fucking colonizers. I know. Right? Uh, white people. Just so yeah. it's this tale as old as time, unfortunately. For example, in Queensland, there are where I live, they were known as uh, oh no, Quinkin or Jugabina. Oh hold on, I gotta cough. Allergies are bullshit. Hmm. One example of the representation of these creatures in Aboriginal folklore is a large body of Aboriginal rock art found in the near ooh, found near a small country town called Laura in Queensland. The art is mainly pictures of Quinkins or Yowies and is thought to be at least 15,000 to 30,000 years old. That is so cool. I love rock art. Ugh, makes me so happy. The first sighting of a Yowie by a European settler was said to have taken place in 1975. Oh, wow. That's like a real big. That's so recent. It was in Sydney, but despite extensive internet searches, I could not find any information about the encounter. But yeah, it was the 70s, so probably not. 
a lot began published. In the 1950s, accounts of sightings of indigenous apes started appearing in newspapers, most notably in the Australian town and country journals, and report sightings have been constant ever since. I've never seen a Yowie personally, but a couple of my friends have experiences they could not explain, so I will tell you their stories. Oh, I feel like I got a cough again. Okay. I can do this. Two paragraphs, Keena. You can do this. Okay. <sighs> One of my female friends was camping alone in a remote spot by the riverbank, which in Australia seems really scary to be camping alone. <laughs> Everything wants to eat you. But, <laughs> but if you just, know what you're doing. I well, mean... it's true. I just know what I've seen on TV. So that's my dumb Americanness for you. You know what? She'll send me photos of just koalas in her backyard, and it blows my fucking mind that that is her life. <laughs> I'm like, I got squirrels, but that's it. I don't have anything cool. Like I that. know. I know. We don't have stuff like that. I mean, I guess if you've never seen a squirrel or a deer before, maybe you'd be impressed, but that's all I got here. Yeah. Yeah. As I almost hit a deer every day because they just will not stop. <laughs> lunging at my car or she said that's what kangaroos do and i'm like why dare you motherfucker just the, come on or the raccoon in my backyard that <laughs> thinks i'm like his friend <laughs> or something yes oh my god can you imagine hitting a kangaroo with your car that thing would fuck your oh car gosh. up and then hop away <laughs> they're mm. so pure muscle crazy yeah i mean the deer that hit me what was it last month or something it it bounced. I saw it run away, but I don't know how it lived. But it took out my front end, went back and hit my back tire and knocked off my hubcap and all that stuff too. It was just like bum bum. It was great. Good times. All oh, right. Yeah. Where was I at? So bum bum bum. Oh, <laughs> if you're saying to yourself, that sounds a bit dangerous. Yes, you were right. But she has done solo bush camping for as long as I've known her and has no plans to stop. She'll probably get eaten by a yaoi one day. <laughs> you're so funny anyway back to the story it was dawn and she was standing by the river checking her fishing lines she was looking around enjoying the views when she spotted an ape-like figure standing amongst the reeds about 150 meters away from her she described the creature as between six and seven feet tall covered in dark brown shaggy hair it stood completely still looking at her she ran back to her tent, grabbed her phone to get a picture. <laughs> I would probably do the same thing. <laughs> but by the time she got back, the creature had vanished. The only Australian animal that grows to seven feet tall is a red kangaroo, and their shape is certainly not ape-like. My friend is certain that what she saw was a yowie. I mean, that's true. Like, there's, I don't know what angle a kangaroo would look like a person. Hmm. Yeah, everything is so different. Yeah, there's no way. Yeah, primates are definitely more human-like, but I don't know. The second story is pretty freaky. A male friend was, again, out camping in the remote bush alone. (laughs) Your friends need to have buddies. (laughs) He was getting ready to go to sleep when he heard what sounded like two pieces of wood being banged together in rhythm. That's a thing about the Bigfoot, especially in Canada, that you hear stories. Well, they do it in the U.S., too, when you you go hunting for, for Bigfoot. Okay. Yeah. All right. You said it was uh, a rhythm like one, two, three, four, stop. One, two, three, four, stop. He knew that there was no one else camping near him, so he was pretty intrigued. Intrigued? You should be scared, sir. <laughs> scared. 
He got out of his tent but could not see anything, but he grabbed two pieces of wood and banged at the same rhythm. Oh, my God. Okay. And was shocked when he heard it repeated back to him. Your friends have no sense of danger or (laughs) self-preservation, I fear. (laughs) Maybe I'm just a a scared little bitch because I would be like, help someone, anyone, don't communicate with it. That's how they get you. Okay, that happened a few times, and then he decided to mix it up and change the rhythm, and it got repeated back to him again. At this point, he got scared and got his car. Okay, my man. Locked the doors and ended up sleeping in his car. He does think that it was a yaoi that was trying to communicate with him, even though he didn't see anything. I certainly can't think of any logical explanation other than someone was secretly stalking him out there, which sounds a bit far-fetched. Anyway, hope you enjoyed my yaoi research. Have a nice week, everybody. (laughs) So sweet. Yeah, your friends definitely, I think they saw Yowie's. <laughs> Logic be damned. That sounds pretty uh, compelling evidence to me. It sounds kind of cool. It is really cool. I, yeah, I definitely think your friends are a lot braver than me, too. Oh, oh, yeah. I would, I would be running, running away quick like. I think I just have a very intense self-preservation drive. <laughs> like I just don't want to. It's just the same like, thing, no. like with ghosts. Like I don't want to see one, but at the same time, I will run very fast if it seems like it's going to come after me. Do not want. Don't fuck with demons. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you, everybody. I appreciate you. I want to thank my guests again for joining me. I, (laughs) full disclosure, we recorded this in January, I think. So editing it now in March, almost April, it was like hearing it for the first time. And I had a great time. It was like being a listener. I really enjoyed it. So thank you, thank you, thank you to my Patreon fam for joining me and just having a great time. I want to thank all my listeners for being so kind and patient and wonderful and not throwing tomatoes at me for being so inconsistent. So I'm going to get real, 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 real with you. I, I'm struggling. And if you're part of Patreon, you've heard me use basically my content as therapy for a while now. But some days I feel like I'm on top of the world, living my dreams, doing everything I wanted to do with my life. And then some days I feel really defeated and really frustrated and I'm having nervous breakdowns. So it's all about balance, right? But when you add like a four hour commute to this and working six days a week and some days, like a couple of weeks ago, I worked a 12 hour day and it's just a lot and it's really wearing on me. And I know the podcast is suffering and it kills me. So I'm trying, but I I can't promise that this will be every week or every other week. So things will just come out when they come out. And I hope you can understand that. And I hope you can stick with me and, you know, just be patient until I figure this out. I'm hopefully going to be moving closer, but the housing market is garbage. So who knows? But yeah, right now I'm, I'm having a rough time and I... I'm just so thankful to have all of you guys. And nobody has been mean to me about this. So I also thank you because I think, you know, when you're just so full of emotions and so much is going on and you're so stressed out and you're fine and then you stub your toe and then you have a meltdown. That's where I feel like I'm just one mean comment on the Internet away from just a complete 
mental breakdown, but I'm going to be okay. And I know I'm going to be okay. And this is just a moment, a moment in my life. And I, I'm, I've worked too hard to get here to let this get to me. So I will figure this out. I think there might be a better chance for me to put out a bunch of little mini nugs or have seat guests with me for a while so that I don't have to worry about like coordinating schedules and all that. So maybe I could start putting out some shorter things that I can edit quickly and maybe that will be a little temporary solution, but we'll figure it out. So in the meantime, if you want to join Patreon, I post on there a lot and we have a Discord and we chat on Facebook. That's patreon.com slash historicalafpod. You can email me. That's historicalafpod at gmail.com. Find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at historicalafpod. And I have merch. That's shop.spreadshare.com slash historicalafpod. And I think that's it. Is that it? I don't know. I think that's it. Anyway, I cannot tell you enough how much I appreciate all of you and how thankful I am that I have you in my life. So I hope everybody's well, and I hope everybody is having a great spring. Okay, bye! <laughs>